0: Welcome to the Harnessing Tailwind Podcast. I'm your host, Adriel Klein, and I'm here with a guest that I met through my previous guest, Audrey Larner. So it's been a chain reaction. Every guest is bringing me to the next person. And I'm excited to introduce to you our next guest, Kyla Denault the owner and head trainer of easy breezy dog training and self-published author of brain games for your dog kyla how are you doing
1: good how are you adriel so nice to meet you.
0: yeah yeah it's great to have you great to have you i'm I'm excited to have you on um so to give a little bit of context when i was uh when i met audrey here in nicaragua she uh, i told her about my book and how i published it and she was kind enough to connect me to another self-published author we've connected she's been giving me the the tricks of the trade and everything and um i'm excited to have her on here because uh, she's a great example of someone who took her own took her own path and really followed her dreams and um started her own uh, company and basically is doing all these these great uh, these great things following her passion so Kyla, I just want to give you an opportunity um, to give yourself a little introduction. You talked about easy breezy dog training. Um, can you just talk about kind of your uh, your main business and your kind of um, just, just a little introduction about where you're from and everything?
1: Sounds good. Uh, thanks, H-R-E-L. Uh, so yeah, we met when I was in Costa Rica. Um, I just came back to Canada. I'm, I'm in Ottawa uh, and It's nice and chilly here compared to the 30 degrees that I was in for two months. But basically, um, you know, I was coming up to 20 years in my career in the corporate world. And and I had an awesome career. Like I got to travel around the world, planning events, a lot of coordination. My last job uh, was with a really awesome e-commerce company. But I was coming up to that 20 year mark in my career. And I just, you know, I was happy but i had asked myself a number of years ago what are the three things that bring me joy and they were helping people working with animals and creativity and even though i had a good career i those three things were not part of my day to day. So I really wanted to uh, encompass my, my, my next, you know, adventures. And I decided to leave the corporate world behind, leave that biweekly paycheck and the benefits and pension and free massages and free teeth cleaning and decide to sort of venture off on my own and uh, really develop my um, dog training business, easy breezy dog training. And Easy Breezy Dog Training was about two years old, two and a half years old at that time when I decided to, uh, you know, leave and focus on it full time. So this was April 2019. And, you know, the business was slowly starting to to climb. I actually had eight hours a day to focus on it. It's a big difference than when it's just a, a side hustle. And then pandemic hit, and it was super scary because literally everything shut down in Ontario, Canada. It was really strict. We couldn't go anywhere. Uh, I was getting no information from the government. And then when things started to reopen, everybody got a dog. So it was crazy how my business just exploded overnight. Um, you know, it was really sad during the pandemic. There were some industries that were completely decimated and then there was other industries that just got so busy. Um, so like dog trainers, groomers, veterinarians were extremely, extremely busy, but things like dog walkers and dog boarding facilities, nobody was going anywhere. So it was really challenging for them during the pandemic. Um, But during those those times where, during the shutdowns, I couldn't work. So I started really wanting to work on my passive income. So that's where I started working, I started writing my book, Brain Games for Your Dog. And at that time I was like, "Ah, I'm gonna get this book written in three months. And it took about a year and a half um, because it was a lot more work than what I anticipated. And plus I was working crazy. It was just, I was training all the time. And, um, so yeah, so now, you know, two and a half, three years in, I just needed, I've been working like a dog for, for, you know, those two and a half years. And that's where I ended up saying, I need a break. I need to focus on my passive income because I realized as a service-based business, there's only so many hours you have in a day. So, and in a week, so I'm, I'm maxed as to how much income I could bring in without working extra hours. And that's where the passive income um, is coming into my life right now and, and that I'm starting to work on and develop. So the brain games for your book was the number one thing. Uh, my first few weeks in Costa Rica, I published the French version of that book. Um, and I just launched my online training academy. So those are online courses for folks to take, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be local. It could be around the world. And, um, so now I'm really starting to think of, of kind of what's next for that passive income.
0: Gotcha. That's great. That's great. And it's great that you, you know, the COVID was pretty devastating for a lot of people, but in your case, it actually worked to your favor. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Everyone, everyone wanted a dog. Everyone. Was uh, kind of kind of in in uh, craving to have an animal with them when they're locked into a house. So um, I actually want to talk quickly about that because as a kid growing up, I always wanted to. uh, I always wanted a dog, and I always ended up asking my my dad, "Hey, can we have one?" And and the response was always, "No, I don't like animals." Um, So just a bit about like people that uh, maybe on the fence about getting dogs or having animals. Um, mm-hmm. can you just talk about it? Wh- what advice would you have to them? Do you think there's some people that just aren't dog people or could everyone sort of, uh, embrace that?
1: Yeah, I think it, you know, definitely not everyone's a dog person. Um, and, and that's okay. You know, um, dogs are a huge responsibility. You know, you have to look that this could be a 10 to 15 year commitment. The other thing, they're expensive dog animals in general are very expensive. So financially you have to ask yourself, you know, my best friend who babysat Finley while I was gone, her dog needed TPLO surgery last year. It was $6,200 just for the surgery and they didn't have insurance. So you have to ask yourself, are you financially able to have to pay for, for your pet? Um, You know, all the vaccinations in that first year. So first of all, you're paying for a dog, you know, whether you're going to a breeder or, you know, it could be anywhere between 500 to three, 4,000 if you're getting a purebred. Um, And then you've got vaccinations, which, you know, have definitely increased with COVID. You've got to, you know, spay or neuter them. So that's hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Um, Food, food is expensive. So, you know, my dog Breeze, which is how I came up with my name, Easy Breezy. She was a German Shepherd. Uh, She passed away in 2018 at 12 and a half. And I wasn't ready emotionally to get another dog, but also financially. I was trying to get the business off the ground. And I was like, I can't have these big expenses when, you know, it's just me. I have to pay my mortgage. I'm by myself. I don't have that security of an income coming in anymore every two weeks. So you have to ask yourself first financially if you can afford it. And second is time. You know, during the pandemic, yes, people had time, but as things you know, started reopening and kids were back in their competitive sports and having to go away on hockey trips on weekends. Um, You know, the shelters, I volunteer at the Ottawa Humane Society, and it was dead during COVID. Like there were no animals, even cats, like there was barely anything. And unfortunately, there's been a huge influx of pets that have been given up, because people realize they just don't have the time anymore uh, for their pets.
0: Gotcha. That's valuable, valuable advice. Um, you know, make sure that you have the resources and time and everything to give that dog the the life that it deserves. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about your shift from the corporate world to being an entrepreneur, the fear associated with that, and uh, basically the the leap of faith to to just you know put your job and do it. Um, I know that can be very inspiring to a lot of people. Um, but also that maybe it's not for everyone. Maybe some people are happy in their, in their nine to fives. Um, for you, what was that? You said you were, I think, I think you had mentioned you were happy in your job, but you knew there was something more. So can you just describe like that itch to, to, to to build something on your own and really create uh, a business and, and, uh, something that can basically support you on your own?
1: Yeah, I was, you know, I, I considered myself a serial entrepreneur um, all throughout, you know, my my adult life. I always had side side things. So, uh, you know, when I was working in the government, I started dog boarding on the side and then I ended up buying three acres out in the country and open up the for one of the first cage free dog kennels in Ottawa in the the mid to late 2000s, I ended up selling it in 2009, but I was working full-time and running a full-time business. Um, after that, it was like no more businesses. And then just my personality and who I am. Cause I just, I love the creation. I love, you know, having something to, for me to work on, but it's definitely not for everyone. Um, you being an entrepreneur, I think, uh, I don't know, it, it's either in you or it's not. And, you know, you got to realize if it's your full time gig. I have to, I have to find clients. I have to work at it every single day. And it's funny in my corporate world, I was so organized and like, you know, you know, budgets were done, you know, right to the penny. And like, even for myself, like I haven't done my expenses in six months, you know, whereas like in the corporate world, it was like every month. Okay. Everything was, was, was to the point, but, um, you need to be organized. You need to be, uh, dedicated and, and really, you know, believe in yourself and believe in, in what your services or products that, that you offer and know it's not going to be easy. There's going to be bumps along the way, but uh, we hadn't talked about this before, Adriel, but in 2012, I, um, I had a big shift in my life. Uh, the guy I was with, at the time we broke up, uh, we were planning on selling the house, I was starting up a business with my best friend. I decided to buy the house from him. I decided to quit my job. Um, and, but I had all this debt. Um, there was one business that I had, I had, um, I just got screwed over. They stole a bunch of money from me. I was about sick with 10,000 in debt from, from that handshake deal that I did with some friends. I'm using quotes here. And um I was just, I was about 50,000 in debt, buying a house, quitting my job. It was so unbelievably stressful. I was not in a financial position to do this. It was quite stupid of me to do actually, but, um, you know, I, in my house, I was, I was renting some rooms. I had one tenant that screwed me over she didn't pay rent one month um so i had to kick her out but i wasn't getting another 10 until the following months i had two months of no income and i literally had no money for food so this is just you know 10 years ago 2012 i had no money for food i was barely scraping by i had a truck so i had truck payments mortgage payments debt payments uh you name it and it was so 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 unbelievably stressful And uh, it was big lesson learned, huge lesson learned. So my needs versus wants, I had no money to spend. So I wasn't, that's when I realized how um, we spend money on stuff, right? All the time. But I had to really ask myself, do I actually need it? Like I remember my earbuds had broken. And so I took super glue and I super glued them back together and they worked for another, you know, year after that. Um, I had no food for money. So I, you know, looked in my freezer in my pantry, and I, you know, I was able to get by on the food that I already had in my cupboards and in my fridge. So it, it you know, it really sucked at the time, but oh my god, I learned such a valuable lesson uh, during that year that when I decided to do this again, um, you know, eight years later, I made sure I was in a better financial position. You know, by that time um, I had paid off all my commercial debt. Um, I had, you know, went down to a tiny little micro car, which you know, very inexpensive car payments. Um, so I just lived a, a lot simpler life. You know, I it wasn't I wasn't spending money on stuff. I rather spend money on adventures and experiences versus you know, uh, you know, a named purse or brand name clothing and stuff. So it was a valuable, valuable lesson. And I vowed I would never make that mistake again because the amount of stress that year was incredible. And, um, so you, you know, my my advice for people that are thinking about it, ask yourself, are you in a financial position right now to be able to do it? You know, this last time I had eight months of emergency house fund, because if something broke, you know, or if I had, was bringing in no income for the first six months, I was going to be okay. And at 20 years, you know, I told myself I can get a job tomorrow back to, you know, in the field that I was in, I have a secret security clearance. I'm bilingual I've Got 20 years experience. So finding a job again to me wasn't going to be an issue versus kind of in my younger years where you're still building up that experience um, so that's why I decided to take the jump. I was just in a much, much better position in my life to do so.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So take risks, but take calculated risks.
1: Yeah. Be right. smart about it. You know, like uh, I'm all, I've all taken all sorts of risks in, in my life and, and um, you know, some have worked out for me and and some haven't. And, you know, it's just learning your lessons, really learning your lessons and not repeating them, <laughs> repeating them twice.
0: Yes, exactly. And um it, it's just a great great story to hear um that you know you were in that that situation and you were able to bounce back and and, and really build up your business. And I actually want to transition over to the book. Uh yes. something that very much interests me. Uh I'm a self-published author as well. And um I assume that you decided to write this book as kind of a uh a tactic to get people to to uh to for your business you know it's it's very linked to your uh to your academy and everything and your uh your training program so that was my assumption but i want to hear from you like what initially made you decide I want to write a book
1: yeah I'm you know with dog training I'm very much uh try to push the mental exercise the mental enrichment aspect of dog training Um, physical exercise is important, but when we run our dogs all the time or play fetch and tug and all of this physical exercise, it's adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. And, um, the mental enrichment is actually what is going to tire out your dog. And when my dog Breeze passed away in 2018, I, I decided to do board and train. So I take dogs in and owning a cage-free kennel too, you know, I had that experience but I was having all these young dogs in my house and like, I still have to work. So how can I tire out these dogs in a much shorter amount of time? And it was the brain games. It's getting that nose working. It's getting the brain going. So um, there wasn't really a, there were a few books out there, but I don't know, I think in my career with, with sort of the paths that I've taken, I, it gave me the opportunity to create something, you know, to the point, a uh, little bit of humor in there, um, easy digestible, fun for kids as well. And uh, that's how I came up with Brain Games for Your Dog. So it's basically f- oh, like over 50 ideas in this book on how to engage your dog mentally.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Actually, I did check out a couple of videos from brain Mm -hmm. games for your dogs and and really interesting, you know, cutting a hole in a orange juice container and putting dog food in there and have them kind of figure it out. So, um, to, to get the food and, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, amazing that you're, you're figuring out ways to, is it, is it to keep them sharp mentally so that, uh, is overall better for their health?
1: It's yes, and it also helps them problem solve. And it really is just mentally exhaust them because uh, when dogs are using their their nose. So just envision in the morning when you wake up, you know, just close your eyes and just think of that smell of coffee in the morning, or the smell of bacon or eggs, your dog smells that 50 times more than you do. All right. Yeah, dogs have between 200 to 300 million scent receptors, we have six to 7 million. So when dogs are taking in all those scent particles, it's going up to the frontal part of their brain called the olfactory bulb, theirs is 40 times bigger than ours. So when they're using that part of their brain, that is what is going to tire them out. So with my, a lot of the super energetic dogs and puppies, I'm telling my owners, you got to do brain games because that is what is going to tire them out. And it's not all food-based. Um, training is a wonderful form of uh, enrichment. So I'll do what's called circuits with Finley. I'll do, you know, sit down, sit, touch, touch, up, down, spin, spin, around, around, and that is really mentally engaging as well. Um, new environments, going to new places, you know, anything that engages your dog senses is really going to help tire them out. And that's why I created that book was uh, the dogs love it. They have so much fun using their brains and a lot of people end up with these working breed dogs, right? And then there's the doodle craze. So there's so many freaking doodles. I have yeah. a sheep doodle. So half old, old English sheep dog, half small poodle. You get the Aussie doodles, the labber doodles, the golden doodles. So they're all mixing these working breed dogs with poodles. So I find them to be extremely energetic Very, very, very intelligent. So we have to find ways to get these dogs who are living in a city, you know, in apartments, in condos or homes um, to really engage them in ways. And mental enrichment is my go-to, 100%.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Encourage any listeners to to check out her book Um, because I've only read the first first couple pages of it. I don't have a dog, so it's a a little bit less relevant to me. But for those who are dog owners, definitely encourage you to check it out. Um, I wanted to touch on this other thing that you say is something that brings you joy, creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I have uh, struggled with when I- creating my book is coming up with a cover and coming up with basically any sort of creative um, uh, images or you know, even the formatting of the book. Um, there's a lot of creativity in there, making it visually... Pleasing and having the visuals of it kind of tie into the the overall theme and vibe of the book. So um, I just want to ask you, as far as getting your cover and your designs and all of that, um, do you do it mostly yourself? Do you use any um, uh, other software to do it? Do you work? Do you outsource that to another person? What is your process for creating these, uh, creative, uh, assets and designs. Um, and how do you embrace your creativity while still possibly collaborating with another professional?
1: Yeah. So for the book itself, I really, you know, I, I, that's one thing I wish I would have, I would have educated myself in, uh, uh, early on in my career was graphic design. I really, really wish I would have taken that in school. Um, But I've kind of learned along the way. But what I decided for my book is I wanted to hire a professional to create the cover and and sort of the inside look of it, uh, because I just didn't have the skills to do that myself. You know, there's Mm -hmm. Canva. I ended up investing in Canva Pro. It is wonderful. But one thing I'll just want to say for anyone that is thinking of publishing anything, you need to be very careful of copyright. You need to make sure all of your images, even font has to be commercial free licensing. So this is extremely, extremely important. Um, You know, Canva Pro, the other one that I've invested in is called Creative Fabrica. It's a great resource for um, images and things like that. Um, there's some horror stories out there that I read about people being sued for using you know, uh, images um, that were initially available and not. So this makes me very nervous in the content that I wanna create in the future. So I'm really trying to create stuff you know, uh, myself, or Mm -hmm. get someone to start from scratch. So with the book, I decided to hire a graphic designer. Um, She really took the ideas out of my head, and put them on paper. And I like like, I I do really well with something already. I'm like, okay, no, change this, make that, you know, the dog puzzle, uh, let's hang the enriched dog off the tail. Uh, Let's add a hat, you know, with the Academy, uh, you know, things like that. So Um, I had a a graphic designer help me with the brain games for your dog book. Uh, My next book that I'll be publishing, I'm doing it myself, except for the cover piece. Again, again, I'm not a graphic designer, but this is something that I am planning on taking courses on because I actually really enjoy it you know, that's that creativity Mm. aspect of it. I love it. And it's something that I want to learn how to do. But I'm going to be honest, I've probably spent, um, you know, with my websites, with the book, um, the French book, probably 15 to 20,000. Like it was an investment, you know, and I decided, this was an investment in the passive income because I'm going to mm. eventually make that money back. And I actually made that money back already from the French. Like I'm talking everything. This is not just, just mm. the book itself. Mm. the book itself is probably about five to 7,000 that I initially invested in. And, um, I wanted to be in the green before I then invested in the French, version because mm. I had to pay a translator to translate it. I'm French, but there's no way. And there's no way that I would even venture to translate because my French is very slang uh, from Northern Ontario versus the, the Quebecois or, or from France. But um, yeah, it, you know, I decided to invest in myself and in my products and um, it's going to pay itself off in the long run.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's um, you know, definitely, definitely amazing that you're embracing creative side, but also also uh, figuring out when's the best time to to hire someone else. You know, we talked about on previous podcasts with other guests about figuring out what's worth it for your time. And I think that's important a balance for everyone to find. Um we talked a little bit about all these sources of passive income. The book, you have a store, you have an online class. Um, What's been your biggest takeaway from just these different passive income sources and when to focus on one versus when to create more and more of them to sort of throw things in the wall and see what sticks?
1: You know what, you can have the best product or service in the world. But if nobody knows about it, you're not going to sell anything. So it really takes time. Um, So last week, I launched my online training academy. Um, I haven't sold a course yet. Why? Because it's new. And I, and like I mentioned before, I've been dealing with getting a new furnace in my house. I haven't spent the time creating posts and, and really advertising for it. You know, you, you just, you got to get your product out there. And I've always been very active in my social media. Um, I decided to pick two because you can just get, and I'm just doing this all by myself too. So I don't have like an admin or a team helping me, you um, but you got to you got to start plugging it so you know my my goal for the next few few months is going to be you know a couple posts a week about about the programs itself and 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 it's going to it's going to start to take off you know as much as i would love when i press send to like woohoo thousands of dollars are coming in it's not realistic it does not work that way you know it was like my book it took about a year and then once i learned amazon ads and really started you know and you know putting money into that That's where I really saw that return on investment and, and, uh, you know, hit top five before Christmas in dog training books in Canada, but it wouldn't have gotten there if I wouldn't have spent some money on those ads because it's Mm -hmm. getting it in front of people. So it's going to be the same thing with the passive income with everything that I create it. I have to get it out there just because it's sitting on my website. doesn't mean that people are finding it. You
0: know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And even as a self-published author myself, been learning that yeah. possibly the hard way to know that, hey, whatever you get here, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get the word out. Uh and you know, even as uncomfortable as that may be and putting your foot into the door here and over there, it's it's definitely important. Um, but i really like what you're doing with your your class and you talked about not having the time necessarily to be physically working. um, you know, you run this this uh, training academy where you have to be there. And just basically by being able to create these online courses, even if you put aside the convenience factor it brings to other people, it's it's literally or the or the money it brings you in. It's literally you're able to scale your impact by, you know you can't you you can't go to South Africa and Germany at the same time to teach these dog training classes. So to be able to put that online, I think it's it's a great it's a great thing to do. And uh, I'm I'm excited for you to to see what other marketing tactics you're going to be able to use to get that out there. Hopefully, the Harnessing Tailwind podcast is going to be a way that you know people all over the world can tune into this and, and find out. Um, but in the in the um, kind of Mindset of of being global and spreading spreading your your uh product in the different places. Just in the in the topic of international travel, um, I wanted to talk about Costa Rica. So yeah. you spent two months in Costa Rica, and you also have a physical business in uh, Ontario. So how did you pull that off to be able to spend two months? abroad while also managing uh all these different businesses
1: yeah so my business I don't have like a school in Ottawa I predominantly do private in-home training and then I'll rent um some doggy daycares and I'll do puppy classes um as much as I'd love to offer a bunch of other classes I just decided that financially I don't want to have that extra stress of owning a building or renting a building, insurance, staff, and things like that. So the last few years, I've been paying attention to my peak and my slower times and come into November, December, that seemed to be more quiet times for me. So I decided this year from November 1st to sort of middle of January, I was going to stop Private in home training. Now, I was still offering virtual training. All right. And this is the thing about dog training. Most of the time, virtual really, really works because it's conversations with owners. I'm not really a dog trainer, I'm a people trainer. I'm giving you the knowledge and advice to how your dog communicates with you, what to do in these situations. And with all of the um, content that I've developed over these years, I have tons of training videos. So I'm like, okay, we're going to look at this video and then you're going to go and you're going to practice this with your dog. And if people videotape themselves and send it to me, I can give a lot of feedback, right? Because it's all dog. Uh, it's all body language. You know, I, I can almost consider myself a body language expert now because it, it really is and how our dogs communicate, but also how we communicate, how we stand, how we look to our dogs. So um... It, it, it kind of went seamlessly and I offered a special. So for those two months that I was gone, I'm like, okay, you get a hundred dollars off of um, instead of three private in homes, you're gonna get two virtual sessions to cover you until I'm back. And then we can see each other in person when I'm back in January. So I actually sold a number of those packages while I was gone. And, and then I just planned when I came back, you know, I've got puppy classes starting tonight. You know, those got filled up really quickly. My February classes are almost full. So, um, but also too, I've been in the business for five years. I got a really good reputation in Ottawa, and um, I actually haven't had to advertise for my services in uh, in a couple years now, um, which has been really nice. Where I'm spending money is the uh, passive income stuff, right? Because Mm. nobody knows about that. So yeah, so yeah, it was kind of seamless. Yeah, because virtually you can do a lot with dog training virtually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's amazing that you're able to go on this awesome adventure, but still keep everything running in a flow. And, and even, um, from what it sounds like make some great connections while you were in Costa Rica. So from what I, from what I understand, correct me, if I got this wrong, you were part of a women networking kind mm. of uh, a group. So can you just talk about kind of what you gained from that and sort of the value of the, the network you can, create in in a place such as tropical Costa Rica?
1: It was so amazing. Those two months away was really just a time for me to reset. I didn't realize, like during the pandemic, it was extremely stressful, um, lots of anxiety, not sure. And it kind of all hit me, you know, kind of at the beginning of last year and into the spring. And it was just, cause you're in that fight or flight mode, right? So Costa Rica was just a time for me to relax, you know, and when we did our zoom call, Adriel, you saw my view of the place I rented. And I mean, like, oh my God, to sit there every day up on a mountain with the view of the ocean and the beach, it was so, it just helped me relax and helped me reset. And it also gave me, got all the creative juices flowing. I got so much work done. Um, the online training academy was a beast, you know, over a hundred lessons, videos, all of this I did myself, transcripts, um, and then just all the connections I made. The pandemic really shut everything down in my life and then, I was always very social and active, but the pandemic, we weren't allowed to go anywhere. So I just found I became a, like almost an introvert, luckily, and I'm so not an introvert. Um, luckily, my business, I'm seeing clients every day, but my social life had kind of stopped. And what Costa Rica did is it, you know, just being there, just being able to relax and then just meeting all these people. It was such a great opportunity to meet people from um, from all over the place and I got some opportunities. I was asked to talk a, at a women's networking event. I did a 20 minute presentation on passive income. Um, you know, I ended up renting some, or not, didn't even rent, he never charged me, but I ended up doing a presentation at a wonderful uh, restaurant uh, on dog training. But it was all the connections that I made. And it was just, oh, I probably made, you know, over 30, 40 new friendships that I know these are gonna be long lasting. And it just really helped me heal from the pandemic, from the stress of the pandemic. And I've come back, you know, um, I was just teasing. I've always hated my birthday. I hate it. Like I cried when I turned 30, 40 was terrible. And I was so happy. I turned 45 on Saturday and it's to me, it's like 45.0. It's the newest and best version of myself that I'm in right now in my life. I'm exactly where I want to be. I've shaped this, you know, this business and this life for me to really, truly bring me joy every single day that I wake up like, mm. like tonight I'm going to hang out with 10 puppies. Like how terrible is that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. You're 45 years young, happy belated birthday. Exactly. Um, Thank you. And that's, that's great. I think a lot of people do hit their birthday and they realize, ah, oh, like, what am I doing with my life? So the, the fact that you're able to say, Hey, you know, I put in the work, I put in the time, I followed my dreams, and here I am. So I think I think it's amazing that you're able to uh, share that story with us. So I, I thank you so much for coming on the podcast and speaking with us. It's been a pleasure having you. I encourage you to check out Kyla's book, uh, Brain Games for Dogs, and her online training academy. Um, even if you don't live in Canada, you can still get access to all of her stuff. Actually, if you live in Zimbabwe, you can still access her stuff if you have internet. Um, so check out Kyla's stuff. Uh, Kyla, thanks so much for being on. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, follow Harnessing Killin Podcast, and hope you all have a fantastic day.